You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, the Daily Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. Welcome this morning. Uh, thank you once again for being here. I'm excited about today. Today is a very important service, probably one of the most important services of the entire year. I'll be preaching a little different this morning than normal. Normally the podium is, is to my right and it's more conversational, but this morning is going to be more of an address to you. This is our annual vision casting service. This is a time where we lay the foundation of what this year is going to look like. We're at a very critical place as a church. And maybe you ask, well, pastor, why is it such a critical place? Because we are growing like crazy. And because we're growing continuously, we must be reevaluating what we are doing and how we are doing it. How many of you agree with me that we can't do things like we did when we were running 60 people. We can't do things like we were doing when we were running 100 people. We can't do things like we were doing when we were running 200 people. And the list goes on and on. But here's the deal. We don't want to do things like we are 300 people. Why? Why don't we want to do things as if we were 300 people? Because if we do things as if we're 300 people, we will stay at 300 people. Now, now, some of you aren't catching up with me. I have, I've got one that's with me this morning. Thank you. I don't believe that God has called us to stay where we are. I don't believe that God says, this is enough. This is all that I want to do in this church. This is all that I want to do in this community. But I believe God has called us to continuously evaluate where we are. To continuously look forward to what could be. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? How many of you would agree with me that we are all part of a race? We call it life. Sometimes it's a rat race, but nevertheless, it's a race. Everyone runs in this race that we call Life, but only one person gets the prize. Only one individual gets the prize. How do we know who gets the prize? The one that's determined, the one that's focused, the one that's diligent, the one that's prepared, the one that's looking forward. That is the one that wins the race. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. And then he makes a very profound statement. He says, so I run with purpose in every step. He says, I don't just get up in the morning and meander throughout my day. I just don't go through the activities that are in front of me and I take them as they come. No, no, no. He says, every step that I take has purpose. Every word that comes out of my mouth, there's a reason. Every action that takes place, there's a reason. So church, I say to you today, as a church, every step that we take must have a purpose. Because every one of us is in this race called life. 
But we as a church, we're in a lifelong marathon together working to achieve a common goal. One that has been set in motion by God. One that has been ordained by Him because this is the day that the Lord has made. Each and every year I seek God for what is that purpose for the year? What do you have in store for this body of believers, this church, this community? As many of you know, 2017 was the year of expectation that included getting ready for a delivery, preparation and groundwork. It also included times of morning sickness. But here we are in a brand new year, a time of laying out the groundwork, the steps that lie in front of us. Where are we going as a church? So this fall, as our staff went away on our annual staff retreat, I stood down by the the lake at our district campgrounds. The lower area, the water comes up right against the area where I was, and I began to press in and say, God, what do you have for our church? What does 2018 look like? I haven't been there before, God. I don't know what lies in front of us. I don't know what you have in store. God, what is the word for the year? What is the direction? Because I, like Paul, want to have purpose with every step that I take. It wasn't a word that I expected. It wasn't a word that I was thinking was going to come about. Oftentimes you think of words as excitement or, or diligence or perseverance. But the word that God gave me was excellence. 2018 is going to be the year of excellence. So very quickly I googled the word excellence to find out a proper definition. And here's what I discovered. The quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Why is excellence important? Because I believe that God deserves the best that we can possibly give Him. Let me say that again this morning, church. You need to wrap yourself around this. I believe, and I hope you agree with me today, that God deserves the absolute best that we can give Him. Pastor Andy, the best worship that we can give Him. The best preaching that we can give Him. The best training that we can offer. The best teaching. The best greeting. The list goes on and on. Some of you are thinking the best coffee. (laughs) Come on, somebody. The best me, the best you, the best Bethel assembly that we can offer. Like Paul, we want to run with every step having purpose. But please notice something this morning. I didn't say the word for 2018 was perfection. There's a huge difference between excellence and perfection. I'm not saying that we've got to be a people that are perfect because not a single one of us in this room are perfect. Why? Because we all falter, we all fail, we're a a faulty human, human society. We make mistakes. But I believe that we're called to give God our absolute best, to strive to give Him all that we can as individuals and all that we can 
as a church. See, the moment that we get comfortable in any walk of life, we suddenly find ourselves compromising here, compromising there in areas that we never imagined that we would compromise, giving in a little here, wavering a bit there, overlooking this and overlooking that, allowing this area or that area to fall short of the great performance that we need to give. Let me read our text again. Don't you realize that everyone runs the race? But only one person gets the prize. And Paul says it, so run to win. I ask you this morning as a congregation, as an individual, as a Christian, if you've given your life to Christ, are you running this race to win? I ask myself as the pastor, and staff get ready, I'm going to ask you this question tomorrow in staff meeting, are we running the race to win? Craig Groeschel once made this statement, you cannot change what you're willing to tolerate. I believe that 2018 is going to be a year of picking up the rugs and cleaning out underneath them. I believe that this is going to be a year of looking between the cushions and finding the things that we have forgotten all about. There are some areas that we really need to dig into in order to bring them up to par of where they need to be for God. We've got to run with purpose. There are other areas that we are doing quite well and only minor tweaks are required in order to get them to the level that God calls us to give. After all, God deserves the best that we have to offer. So how do we get there? I believe it's going to require the four D's of advancement or the four D's of moving toward excellence, if you would. Number one is determination. Look what Paul said once again in our text. Don't you realize that in a race everyone wins but only one person gets the prize? That person that's determined, that person that's focused is the one that's going to win the race. The word determination is defined as this, a quality that makes you continue trying to or achieve something that is difficult. Did you see that this morning? The quality that makes you continue trying. It doesn't say that everything in life is always going to be easy. Pushing forward is not going to always be easy. Picking up the rugs and and working underneath them is not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be convenience. But we're called to give God excellence. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul makes this statement, I press on. In other words, I'm determined to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. We must be determined in our approach with God. As we lead this church, as we do what he's called us to do, like Paul, we must press in Press forward to reach that goal. 
No one has ever achieved a goal of greatness with a heart, half-hearted mentality. No one has ever achieved the goal of greatness or even excellence with an if-it's-convenience attitude. We are called to give our all for the cause of Christ. Even if it's not convenient. Even if it's not easy. We must be determined, church. I believe that God has called this church to be a lighthouse to this community. Is it going to be easy? Not necessarily. There are going to be some long hours. There's going to be a lot of footwork. There's going to be a lot of prayer. There's going to be a lot of dependence upon God. Trusting and relying upon Him. Doing the hard work. Doing what it takes to continue to move forward to achieve Something that is difficult. But not, all, all, not only are we called to be determined, but we're called to be disciplined. The definition of discipline is this. A way of behaving that shows a willingness to obey rules or orders. And notice something here. A way of behaving that shows a, say it with me, willingness. What we're talking about here this morning is not I have to give excellence. What we're talking about this morning here is not I have to give my best to God. What we're talking about is this. I get to give my best to God. I get to give Him all of me. All that I possibly can give. I get to give God 110%. Why? Because God deserves our best. We're called to be determined. We're called to be disciplined. And number three, we're called to be dedicated. The word is dedication. Self-sacrificing. Devotion. And loyalty. I believe that this is a dedication that we're called to give. It's twofold. It's a a dedication of giving ourselves wholly and completely to God as He desires. But it's also a complete and total trust and dedication to the call that He's given us. Our mission as a church is to love, reach, and empower people of all cultures for Jesus Christ. Are we really dedicated to that call? We're called to be determined. We're called to be disciplined. We're called to be dedicated. Number three, direction. Paul makes this statement in our text. So I run with purpose in every step. Every time one foot goes in front of the other, I know where I'm headed. He said, I don't just get up in the morning and and put a blindfold on. I know the course. I know the path that lies in front of me. The word purpose here is interchangeable with many words, such as not aimlessly. So I run not aimlessly, but with purpose. Another phrase is not with uncertainty. Paul says, you know, I don't face my steps each and every day with uncertainty, but I have a direction in mind. 
says, I'm going to run in such a manner that I know where I'm going. I'm going to move forward in my walk with Christ because I know how I'm going to get there. I run with purpose. I run with direction in my life. The Bible is very clear that we must have a vision for our next step. In fact, we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. So I want you to kind of pin mark that idea of vision and direction. We'll come back to that in just a few moments. Let's look at three steps in reaching your goal. Three steps. So how do we get to this place we, we realize the four D's that we've got to have, but how do we really achieve this whole idea of excellence? Can I, can I just tell you, it's hard. Yes? It's easy to do something halfway. It's easy just to kind of give a little bit to a situation. But to do it completely, it's tough. So how do we achieve this goal that God has set before us, this goal of excellence with Him? Number one, you must identify your starting line. See, before you can really know where you're going, you've got to know where you are. If I was to turn off my location notification on my phone, and then I was to say to Siri, Hey Siri, take me home. Apparently, she's always listening, a little creepy. But I was to ask her to take me home, but I had my location notification turned off. She would say to me, I don't know where you are. I'm not really sure where you are. You need to turn on your location setup so I can figure out where you are so I know how to tell you how to get where you're going. The same thing happens in our own lives. If we don't know where we are, there's no way we can get to where we need to be. Philippians chapter 3 says this. Paul, once again, is writing to the Philippian people. And he says this. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I have already reached perfection. Paul, in this moment, makes a very honest assessment of himself. He clearly states to the church of Philippi, I don't have it all together. I have some work to do in order to accomplish what God has set before me in my life. Can I just tell you as a church, we're doing a lot of things right. We really are. There's a lot of things that we are just knocking it out of the park. But where is it that we need to step it up? What do we need to do to tighten up what God has in front of us so that we can give Him our absolute best? But what about you personally? Where are those areas that you begin to waver a little here? Or compromise a bit there? You see, the church, we, the church, are only as good as our weakest link. Every one of us. I remember in the Old Testament, they were, they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible says that they, they all prepared themselves. 
Whether they were on duty, they're talking about the priests, whether they were on duty that day or not, they prepared themselves, then they begin to sing in unison together, giving God praise. And in that moment, the glory of God fell. Why? Because they all prepared themselves. You see, maybe you come in here and you say, well, pastor, I don't really need to worry about it. I just kind of sit on the back row or I sit on the far side and no one really even talks to me. I I just kind of slip in late and slip out early. It's all good, pastor. No, you see, we're all part of this body. If there's one part of the body that's faltering, man, it affects the whole body. Church, what if you begin to just accept in your life? What have you begin, what have you begun to tolerate in your life? What is that area that needs to be tightened up in your life? 2 Corinthians chapter 13 says, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Exams are hard. We don't always like the outcome. But if we're truly honest with ourselves, if we really do that exam inside of our life, there are going to be some things that surface to the top that we've got to do some work on. In order to give God our best. But guess what? That's the starting line. That's where you draw the line in the sand. That's where we as a congregation, that's where we as individuals draw the line and say, God, from this point on, this is my starting line. God, I'm moving forward with you. God, I'm moving forward in this race that you've called me to live. And like Paul, Lord, I want to have purpose. I want every step to matter. But look at the second step. You must pursue your finish line. Don't just meander through life. You must pursue the finish line. We as a church must pursue the finish line. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. The words, again, of Paul to the Philippian church. The word possess here means more than simply to grab. It means to lay hold of as to make one's own. So if you really look at this, Paul is saying, I take this race personally. I take much ownership in this race that Christ Jesus has set me upon. I'm not going to take it lightly. So I ask you this question today. Are you taking all of this seriously? Have you personalized not only your walk with Christ, but your connection with this body? I possess it. I make it my own. A few moments ago, we talked about vision. Take a look at Proverbs 29. Many of you know this scripture. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time, but let me share it with you today. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But I love how the message paraphrase says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. 
If we can't really get a clear understanding of where God is directing us, then we're just going to stumble all over ourselves because we're all trying to do our own thing. We're all trying to meet our own agenda. And the problem is we bump up against one another all the time. I was watching this game show on TV just a couple of nights ago, and they they had put blindfolds on the people and and periodically they had these seats that came up and when the music stopped they had to find the seat but the problem was there's probably about 15 or 20 seats in this little platform and like five participants and they were blindfolded so they couldn't see where they were going and and they would have to crawl around so they found a seat and then climb up on the seat i remember one point in time a lady was trying to find a seat and another contestant came up and they thought that she was a seat, and I thought they were going to sit on top of her, because why? They were stumbling all over one another. And I wonder how many people or how many churches out there are stumbling over one another, because we don't know where we need to step. It's not enough simply to have a vision. If we're going to move forward with this vision, then we must pursue the finish line. Church, it's imperative that we move together on this journey. We can't have one segment moving this direction and another segment moving that direction and another segment moving this way and another segment going that way. We must move together with one purpose and one calling. Will you always agree with every decision? No. But you must follow the vision. Yes? Step number three, you must refocus your victory line. Let me, let me explain this. What I'm talking about here is this. Let's not celebrate mediocrity. Let's not, let's not celebrate settling for average. Let's not celebrate settling for, uh, that's good enough. But let's pursue excellence. Philippians chapter 3 says this. No, dear friend, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. There's that word again. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. How many of us have been bombarded with the failures of yesterday? We allow the shortcomings, we allow the mediocrity of yesterday. We allow the settling of days gone by to direct our future. They conquer us on a daily basis. They keep tomorrow's victory an arm's length away. We celebrate way too early. But I want to remind you that we are not defined by our yesterday. But we have been set upon a course. And like Paul, we must have a purpose for every step to move forward with God. This is where our excellent falls into play. 
in order to really set, step up to the plate, we must refocus our victory line. So how are we going to do this? I'm going to give you a couple of things that we're looking toward in 2018. Are you with me so far? Amen. Number one, we will grow our leadership. Now we've done this a little bit in the past, but this year I'm going to really be intentional on this. What does it mean to grow our leadership? Well, one of my desires for 2018 will be to be extremely intentional in training and developing our leaders. Leaders in all areas, from children to youth to greeters to ushers to security, the list goes on and on. The staff and the ministry leaders will be holding regular times of training for their workers in their area of ministry. We want each and every one of our leaders to be set up for success. Why? Because God deserves the best. God deserves the best that we have to offer. Again, not perfection, but the best that we can offer. We want every volunteer to feel as if they are ready to move forward in the calling that God has placed in front of them. We are going to, going to do everything in our ability to help you be the best that you possibly can be for God. After all, God deserves the best. He doesn't deserve our leftovers. Let me say that again. God deserves our best. He doesn't deserve our leftovers. Number two, we will not settle for mediocre. All areas of ministry will be stepping up their game in 2018. We'll be presenting the best quality that we have to offer on a weekly basis. I'm not just talking about our Sunday morning service. I'm talking about in all areas, in everything we do. We're going to give God our best. After all, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says this, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Oh, well, pastor, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, we're, we're in Sedalia. This is kind of a, a smaller community area. It's okay. We don't have to really. No, we're not doing this for people. What we do every week in this place and on this campus and on these grounds, we don't do for people. We do for God. Everything that happens in this place is done for God. Every class, every greeter that's at the door, every individual we have a conversation with, every post on Facebook, the cleaning, everything we do is done for God, not for self, not for us. I honestly believe that if God were standing here in the flesh, and by the way, He is here, we just can't see Him, but if He were standing here in the flesh today, and we knew that, that on February, I'm sorry, January the 14th, 2018, that God was going to be guest appearing this morning in the house, I guarantee you everything would be tip-top shape. So he's here every week, every day. Let's give him the best that we can each and every day. Let's cross every T. Let's dot every I. Remember, we will never change what we're willing to tolerate. 
It's time to step up our game and give God our best. Now, what about our future? We're going to plan for the future. We're going to grow our leaders. We're not going to settle for mediocre. We're going to plan for the future. Let's look at three areas we'll plan for the future. Number one, we finish what we started. Well, pastor, what in the world does that mean? Well, I'm talking about the worship center here. We want to finish what we've started. I mean, last year and a half has been an amazing, amazing time here in the worship center. Amen? We have just watched a lot of transformation happen in here. And what do we need to do? I mean, we, we've added some lights. We, we've painted the walls. We've added new carpet, all of these things. What do we need to do? The last thing that really, one of the last things we need, a couple more things, but one of the last things we need to do is add recessed lights in this room. Well, Why? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to dim the lights up and down? I'm just thinking out loud. It would sure be nice to be able to to pull a little light right now in order to do that. It's flip a switch and watch fluorescent bulbs go. It would sure be nice to be able to, to dim those with all the lighting. We don't know the cost on this. We've got some meetings coming up trying to figure out the cost. And I'm going to present that to you later. But that's one of the things we'd like to accomplish in this room is add recessed lights with dimming controls. Planning for our future, we want to open the walls of opportunity. You see, as we continue to grow, we need to expand this room. We're not going to have enough room in here without going to a third Sunday morning service. And every volunteer that volunteers on a Sunday morning just went... Come on, somebody. So what do we do? Well, our goal and our plan is to expand out the east side of the lobby, to double the size of the lobby, add a new worship center, a new nursery, a new office area. I would love to see in this new addition a a full basement. And by the way, right now I'm just dreaming. I'm not an architect. So I don't know how all of this fits together. This is the dream. I'd love to see a full basement underneath that worship center and office and nursery area. And in that basement, we would have classroom space for Bible studies, for trainings, for activities. Then I would love to see a a walkout basement on the far side that would lead into the lower field where we would build a, a pavilion. And in the middle of that pavilion, there'd be a fire pit with a chimney that goes up the top so we can all gather together inside of that and have our own church picnics on our property. And right beside that pavilion, I think it'd be absolutely incredible to have some playground equipment so that our kids could play on our own property on the playground equipment. Wouldn't that be amazing? I had one person on each side that would be amazing. The rest of you can stay in the classrooms downstairs. Uh, But I hear what some of you are thinking right now. And by the way, for some of you, this is not brand new news. Some of you have heard this before, but I want to remind you of where we're headed and what's coming down the pike. I hear what some of you are thinking in your mind right now. Well, Pastor, if down the road when we start running 400 or so, we're really going to get serious about building on, then why are we doing more in here? Well, I want to take you back seven days ago. I was sitting right here 
And Miss Tanya, our children's director, was sitting right here. And we began to talk about the importance of investing in our next generation. Here's why we're continuously making modifications to this room. Because where you are sitting right now becomes our brand new youth facility. That's awesome. That's incredible. So this room becomes the youth facility and a multi-purpose room for dinners and that kind of thing. And, and upstairs right now where we have youth and children, all of that gets gutted and we add bathrooms upstairs for our kids. Hallelujah. We re- convert the entire upstairs area and we have children from age 12 a- until three years old upstairs. Two large rooms them. What an incredible future we have upstairs. But there's one other area we got to plan for in the future. Expand our influence beyond these walls. See, it's not enough for the church just to have a dream inside a building. I believe that the moment our dream stops at the edge of these walls is the moment that we cease to live and cease to exist and will begin to die as a church. Why can I say that? Because God has called us to go into all the world and share the good news. That means we must get outside of these walls and share the good news of Christ. A dream that I've shared with you several times, sometime in the near future, I don't have a date yet, I'm waiting for God on this. We want to venture outside of this community and we want to launch Bethel Assembly in multiple communities. I believe God has called us to reach not only Sedalia, but the surrounding area. We have people that drive from about a 35-mile radius all around us every single Sunday. We have some individuals that drive over an hour to get here every single week. I believe that God is calling us to launch Bethel Assembly churches in communities that do not have a thriving Assemblies of God church. Some of you will get excited eventually. We don't know the location yet. We don't know exactly where we're headed. We've got a couple of ideas in our heads. We're beginning to put monies back on a regular basis as a board and as a leadership, preparing for this time. I've already begun to talk to the district. I actually spoke with another church just recently, trying to figure out, God, what do you have in store? What does this look like? There are some communities that as I drive through them, every time I drive through them, I'm scouting out, is there a place for a church in this community? Is there some place on this main strip? Is there, is there some place in this main area where we can put a Bethel assembly so that we can reach this community? I believe that God has called us to expand our influence beyond these walls into the surrounding communities. A final area where I believe God is calling us to expand our influence. Early 2017, God began to speak to my heart about something that I never really thought that we were going to get into. Some of you have heard me talk about this. He began to share with me that we've got a major problem in this community with addiction. I argued with God, by the way, don't try that. It doesn't work very well. And I said to God, well, God, there are are several other entities in this community that are dealing with 
the addicts, and we'll simply be a support to them. There are Celebrate Recoveries, and by the way, that's a great, great program. There's already Celebrate Recoveries in this community. There's already homes and places where individuals can go in this community. We'll simply support them. So we've been doing that for the last several years. And and God said this to me, as clear as I'm speaking to you, God said, so you're telling me that every addict in this community is taken care of. And I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. At that point, I didn't know really what I was saying. And God said, I want you to do something. We've put a lot of feelers out there. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I've got a missionary coming, I believe it's in November, that deals with addicts in the rural community. He's coming in. We'll do a training that same week of how can we work with addicts and what can we do and what asset can we be to their recovery. But also this coming Thursday night, I've got a very important meeting with several individuals in this community, but also with Teen Challenge. Looking at the possibility of a Teen Challenge right here in this community. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I don't know for sure that it's going to come to fruition. But you never know until you put that step out. So we're asking God for direction. We don't want to stumble all over ourselves. But we want to know the will of God. We want to know His plan. What does He have in store? Let me encourage you, pray with us. Not just on this one fact here, but all across the board. Would you pray with us about our future? Because we, like Paul, we want to run with purpose. We want every step to count for the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me today?